When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest. He is the super fight beast, the man known as Justin Kyle. How are you today, sir? What's going on, man? Not much, my dude. Uh, you know how it is, just uh, out here grinding, juggling interviews and making it all work. I want to thank you for your patience with me this morning as I got all my ducks in a row, but I'm very excited to be on with you now. Yes, sir. Time change will get you every time. <laughs> Dude, all the, all the, it's not that hard with the US when it's just like the 12 hours difference, but when you've got yeah. several and they're like, you know, 11 and an 11 and a half and stuff like that, I'm just not smart enough to do all that maths all the time. So... When I start up my show, usually before I get into plugging all the different bits and pieces and stuff, I usually ask everybody about how they got into pro wrestling. So for me, that usually starts with when you think about back to when you were first exposed to it, like as a kid or a, or a younger person, what some of the faces that stand out to you, like the characters that jump out? Well, my mom owned a cleaning business back back when I was real young. And she had this guy that she cleaned for. Uh, he was some pro tennis player, some big name that I don't even, I can't even tell you who it was. But his dad lived with him. And every time I would go there, uh, I'd sit and watch wrestling with his dad. And I can't remember now. He was an old man, though. Mm-hmm. But he always, ex- he, he exposed me to wrestling, but it was more like, he explained it to me as a kid, like, hey, man, Hulk Hogan's the guy when I was younger. Yeah. He's like, but that's who they want you to like. Here's who you should be looking at. And that's when he was Rowdy Roddy Piper and, uh, you know, Arn Anderson and WCW. And yeah. I got big into Surfer Sting was my guy, hands uh-huh. down. Um, and then, obviously, Ultimate Warrior. Guys like that that were high energy, mm-hmm. uh, big guys that could still be explosive. That was kind of my thing. Yeah. So he was already kind of breaking down the business for you a little bit, like as a kid, not like, oh, look at all these colors and stuff. He was like, hey, these are the yeah. workers. These are the guys like doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty unique to have yeah. that as you first started to watch. Yeah, absolutely. You're already analyzing it. Like for me, when I think about like guys like Ultimate Warrior and stuff, which were the first characters that stood out to me, it it was that surface-level stuff. Like this guy's running to the ring and the music's pumping and the, the streamers and the face paint and all that. You know, you don't look any yeah. deeper than that, but you're, you're already uh, checking out the the work rate. Yeah, it was more like, uh, you know, don't, don't focus on what people tell you to like. Yeah. Um, find what you like. You know, find your niche. Find your guy. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the good guy. My mom loved Ted DiBiase. Yeah. 
Like that was her guy. And That's I was cool. like, well, he's terrible. So like, <laughs> and then I got older and I realized like, oh, actually he was the man. Like, damn. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Starting to look underneath it and figure it all out. That's really cool, man. And so it then becomes like a lifelong thing for you, does it? Like you're, you're exposed to it with him, but then you start to watch it at home and your family yeah. sees it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, I was one of those kids that got made fun of going into middle school and high school and still watching wrestling, and I didn't care because I loved it. The Monday Night Wars, and, yeah. you know, that was like the pinnacle of wrestling, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I didn't give a shit. I thought that I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, after that, man, uh, I'd say about the time, and I was kind of a mark for the big names. Like, I loved Rock mm-hmm. and, and those guys. I kind of evolved into uh, – the more entertaining aspect rather than the big, big tough guys, you know, yeah. Sting was always, Sting was kind of like groundbreaking with that, you know, being a big guy, but also being like electric. Yes. Um, but after about the time, uh, when Sting was heavy, he went into impact. Um, and you know, Hollywood rock was coming around and that's kind of when I started coming away from a little bit. Okay. Uh, I was just stepping into, uh, college football and, and trying to take that route and that's when things changed. i don't didn't have time to sit around i was always working out always eating always a practice always a class so i stepped away for a little bit mm-hmm. from wrestling yeah it's it's usually the kind of way it goes right like as as your life sort of picks up speed and stuff like for me it was band stuff like uh, when once i started playing bass and we started doing gigs and you know your life sort of moves forward. You maybe don't have enough time to watch and then you fall away and then it's not always the coolest thing. And so it kind of falls by the, the wayside a little bit. So you obviously are quite an athletic person. So were you heading into that like, um, it's a little bit different for us here in Australia, but like that, you know, college football, like that track towards heading towards maybe doing something professional or what, what was the goal there? Yeah, so for me... Uh, it's not, I never stopped wrestling cause I thought I outgrew it. Yeah. It was more like I lost touch with the storyline. Yeah. So anytime I would see it on when I had time, I'm like, I don't, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. You know, like that's when John Cena starting to skyrocket and I was like, well, he seems like an awesome dude. And I watched, i watched it, but I didn't get to really know the storylines. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, athletics go, uh, it was just kind of my trajectory. You know, that was my way out of the situation that I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my way to go to college where I thought I needed college. I, in hindsight, wish I wouldn't have gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was an awesome experience. You know, I got yeah. to play college ball and uh-huh. uh, I, I got to, I got to go through all the paces and, and, and talk to different D D one schools and then look at transferring. And uh, I actually ended up leaving college after my sophomore year okay. for, for a girl. Like everybody, everybody that makes that first poor decision, every it's for a significant other usually, and you're, it's a huge learning process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's and it's difficult, man, because you're you're young, you're trying to do the right thing, you know, you're trying to balance it all, and and school and stuff can be hard. And if your heart isn't all the way in it, then it's a it's a pretty good logical decision sometimes to just go yeah. And it's easy to look back and go, oh, maybe I shouldn't, have. but. You know, it's the right decision at the time, usually, yeah. and and gets us all to where we need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so you mentioned like you were getting into the college football and stuff got got you out of where where you were. Where were you growing up? 
Oh, I'm from uh, Michigan. Okay. Uh, it wasn't more about uh, my location as to more my situation. Right. Okay. Uh, it was kind of. Uh, it wasn't kill or be killed per se, um, but that's kind of what it was. It was go take. You better if you want to eat, go get food. Like. Wow. It, okay. You don't wait for it. You know that's the kind of the lifestyle that I live. So. Wow. That was just that was just one way out that I took. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it became the kind of thing where it's like, if I want to remove myself from the situation, I've got to do it myself. Put in the work, put yeah. it on my back, and go, kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Without getting too. Uh, oh yeah. Too dark about it. Yeah, that's kind of how it was. Wow, amazing. So, so we hit the football. We're doing all that. You obviously meet somebody, uh, and you decide to leave. Are you then going? Okay, football's over for me. What's next? Yeah, it was more like uh, when I was in college, I met a buddy. Uh, and when I went to college, I went to college in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So there were there were players from Florida, Texas, California, you know, just uh, everywhere. Louisiana, New York, just they were from everywhere. A buddy from uh, Florida uh, turned me on to Pride Fighting Championships. Mm-hmm. And I'd always been real big on the Gracie family, like uh, UFC 1. I was a huge Hoist Gracie fan. Um, and he turned me on to Pride and Vanderlei Silva and you know Sakuraba and and Vitor Belfort when he was like, and it kind of changed some things for me. So when I got out of college, I'm like, you know, I think I'd like to give Brazilian Jiu Jitsu a chance. You know, and, yeah. Uh, I kind of funneled all my energy because yeah, I left I left school for a girl. Uh, that was a girl I was with in high school. It was my first love. You know, is you, you think you're going to get married to that person and you make decisions based on that like an idiot. Uh, um, and for some people, it works out. Hell, I'm not going to shit on it. But uh, for me, it didn't. And that allowed me to funnel my energy into uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And it kind of skyrocketed from there. Like, things were moving very fast. Yeah. Something, some things happened in my life. Um, so I went from just doing jiu-jitsu to, you know, I, I won a couple national tournaments. Wow. And then uh, MMA organizations started hitting me up, asked me if I'd like to fight. I'm like, hell no, I don't want to fight. That shit looks crazy. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have what it takes. You know, because I just didn't know. You know, you see it on TV and you're like, holy shit. Uh, you know, Mark Coleman looks like a savage. You know, yeah. Mark Kerr is the smashing machine. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not those guys. You know, I'm not Kevin Randleman. That's when my kind of my my thought. Tito Ortiz was real big back then. Um. But then finally some things happened, uh, and it was kind of like last resort thing and took my first fight with no stand-up training, no boxing, no Muay Thai, no anything, purely just jiu-jitsu. Wow. And I thought I thought to myself, hell, I can swing. And it was at Hoist Gracie's Fight Fest in Ohio. It was my very first fight ever. Wow. Uh, and I took the fight finally after saying no for probably six to eight months. I don't even remember how long it was. Um. And I won the fight in 11 seconds via knockout because I was just swinging as hard as I could. Like, hell, if this lands, cool. If it doesn't, I guess we'll go to the ground. I'm going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. And my my first few fights, man, I probably spent a combined 45 seconds in the cage in like four fights. I was just knocking people out. Um, And then I got signed to a fight team. Uh, and then I had boxing instructors. I was about to say, and that's with no no stand-up training at all. You're just coming in – 
haymakers and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. That's wild. Yeah, I was just a, a pure jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. Really, I mean, I was... But nobody was seeing your jiu-jitsu game. No, no, I didn't get a shot to. You know, I didn't have an opportunity. It's wild. I just felt, I, was, I just felt shit, if I can knock somebody out, we'll go home. Yeah. Uh, but I ended up breaking my hand and, like, oh, things dude. happen when you're swinging like a wild person. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, after I got with the right people, yeah. you know, I was going to Ohio and training with... George Gagel and, and, and those guys and who was with Rich Franklin and Marcus Davis. Uh, I just surrounded, I just had a team that I was surrounded with unbelievable athletes, unbelievable fighters. And I ended up going to, to Vegas and training with Couture and Forrest Griffin and all those, wow. those types. And um, yeah, things moved quick mm-hmm. and the fight came. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. it, and that's, and I was always a wrestling fan in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always big into, you know, The Rock was coming back again. And, you know, Stone Cold got hurt, but he was still coming back around. Like, all the people that I was watching started making their return a little bit. Yep. You know, it went from, it was the end of the Attitude Era, the very beginning of the, the PG-ish, I mean, whatever people want to call it. Um, so I, I always kept an eye on it. And it wasn't until I was, you know, 23 years old that, I met a buddy that was like, man, you, I, what are you doing wasting your life? You need to be a pro wrestler. Like what you have that you're that guy, go do it. And I was like, Oh no, I can't do that. Shit, I didn't even know anybody that did do it, you know? Yeah. So years down the road near the end of my fight careers, when I started, well, after my fight careers, when I started getting into wrestling. When you talk about like the, the end of your fight career, is that just like, a decision for you like I don't really want to do this anymore or is it like injuries start to pile up it's obviously very physical um you know yeah, what I mean and, and probably I, you can only like have so much shelf life doing it like really competitively right oh yeah man there's definitely a shelf life in fighting just like any other sport yeah you know mm-hmm. um but in, in in MMA specifically you know I watched it evolve from a pure striker like Chuck Liddell yeah Knew, knew how to get at certain angles before everybody. He was knocking people out because he knew how to get to that angle and hit you on your chin. Yeah. And nobody knew how to combat that yet. Well, shit, by the time I was in my prime, and now if you watch it now, everybody's top-level tier in every discipline. Yeah. There's no, like, like Randy Couture, no, no shot against him. He's one of the greatest fighters ever. Just his, if somebody came in today with just his style, they'd get, they'd get rolled. Like, it's, it's, it's just evolved. Just yeah, absolutely. It's a science now, right? Like yeah. everybody's, everybody's studying it. The teams are unbelievable. The resources are crazy and everybody's all over everything. So you can't just be that like, I'm the hottest striker. I'm the best grappler. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. You need to be everything, right? And I, and I hate to say this because Vanderlei Silva was my guy, mm-hmm. but that shoot the box style, <sighs> You just there'd be no shelf life these days, especially. Yeah. Because he he was that guy before anybody. You know, yeah. anybody that tried mm-hmm. stepping with him was like, okay, you're about to learn today. Like, <laughs> you're not ready for whatever I'm doing. And now everybody's copied it. You know, he was yeah. a trendsetter. He was the guy. Yeah. So it, it kind of changed it. For me, it wasn't that because I only had thirty fights. Mm-hmm. Um, I was twenty five and five. I had some great fights. I had some great lo- losses, unfortunately. Um, but for me, it wasn't a cognitive decision to step away from wrestling or MMA because, you know, I, I think I'm done. It was more my personality had changed. Mm-hmm. When I first got into fighting, so much had happened 
that I felt like, I guess you're going to have to kill me because I'm not, I'm not going to stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Then you, then I got married and then I had a child and then I settled into a career and it changes you as a person. You lose that dog. Yeah. And yeah, you know, you, yep. you know, Mike, Mike Tyson talks about, you can be the greatest fighter ever. I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't been through some shit, if you're not, if you don't have something inside of you, that's ready to die, then you're not going to be anything at the, at a top level, at least. Yeah. So it, it was the, the end of the day, the decision for me to stop fighting was my career said, Hey, you're not doing that anymore because they, I couldn't chance getting hurt. You know, I couldn't be gone. I couldn't, there's so much that goes in, goes into that decision that I just it was time for me to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you're, I suppose, when you're making that decision, like a, of pro wrestling, or at least looking at it, like this is something that you've enjoyed your entire life, and you're like, I'm a big dude. I'm very athletic. Maybe there is a path I can take here. So, so who do you first meet from the wrestling business? Oh man, that's a fucking hilarious story. Actually, am I allowed to swear in here? I don't know. I swear like an absolute trooper, so it's not an issue. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I actually, man, to be honest, my my son started getting into wrestling out of nowhere. Oh, that's awesome! Like he started liking it. He was wearing the Finn Balor leather jacket, and yeah. he was big into John Cena. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna start watching wrestling with my son. Yeah. Um. And it was just, it was cool. You know, it was cool to see him experience what I was experiencing. That must be the best when you, I know like a lot of, I've got a few friends that are like young fathers and stuff now. And they're like, I really want them to like what I like, but I don't, I don't want to push it on them. You know what I mean? Cause then I feel like they'll push back. So that must feel great when he just naturally starts liking you. are like, Oh yes, I've got yeah, him. This the, is killer. The cool, yeah. The cool thing That's with great. my son was I, I'm a fanatic when it comes to sports. Yeah. Like I love football and basketball and baseball and hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he could care less. Yeah. Okay. So when, when I find something that he likes, I love that shit. Like, yeah, I don't care it. that he doesn't like the other things. That's him. I love him for him. You yeah, know? yeah. But when I find, when he likes to fish with me and when he likes to, you know, go out and do things outside and enjoy, you know, outdoors and when he likes to go, when he said, when he got into wrestling, for instance, it was like, okay, cool. And he's since kind of come out of that wrestling phase because he's a huge gamer. He loves just doing his thing, and he's an introvert a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. I, it was fun while it lasted. He still sits down with me every once in a while. He still watches some of my stuff every once in a while. Yeah. But the only reason that I got into wrestling after my buddy, year, he had spent years saying, hey, go do this. And I'm like, yeah. no, nah, I can't. You know, I'm not doing that. At the time, I was like 26, 27. I'm like, oh, I'm too old, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's already yeah. passed. My son came to me, and he had just mentioned off the cuff, like it wasn't anything he was dead serious about. He's like, I, that'd be cool if I was a wrestler. And I was like, okay, you want to be a wrestler? This is the kind of thing you're going to have to do, and this is the work you're going to have to put into anything. You know, you teach your, your, teach your son how to, you know, accept responsibility and overcome. And so when I first started wrestling, and I'll get into all the fucking brick walls I had to run into, but um, when I first started training, he was coming to every session. He was seeing me succeed and seeing me fail and seeing me get hurt and seeing me be sore, you know. And I'm telling you right now, and I've said this to anybody who listened, wrestling is a hundred times harder than MMA ever was. Wow. I have never done anything athletically that's even comes close to wrestling. Uh, when I first started training, dude, I couldn't a month I could barely walk. Yeah. It, it was a tremendously difficult and, and it hurt. 
still hurts to this day. Shit, I don't even know why I talk about it past tense. Especially in ICW, that shit hurts. Yeah. Like, oh, and, and you, um, you just had to go and make a name for yourself in the pit as well. You're like, great, and I'm uh, going to do it without a ring as well. You know what, man? Uh, ICW is kind of godsend for me mm-hmm. because I kept, dude... I kept running into people that wanted to change my striking style and how aggressive I was. And you kind of have to, if we're, and, and I'm not going to go too bad into breaking kayfabe, but you, you got to chill the fuck out to be able to work with people. I understand. Like, so I had to learn a lot fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was getting pushes that physically and, and mentally I was prepared for, but, you know, like skill wise, I was I was working my ass off to catch up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at ICW, bro, and I'm telling you, and you can go back and watch the Nolan Edward uh, match. And I know I'm not really supposed to say that name anymore right now, but uh, it's, it's, my still, it's first, still relevant. Like you know what I mean? That that's what it was. So it's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that match with him. Mm-hmm. It was his first match. It was my first match. Yes. It was my introduction to ICW, and it was in a pit mm-hmm. in the bloodshed, bro. Yeah. And it was fucking cold. Like, um, after that match, uh, and I was, I was a little bit intimidated by Danny, you know, cause he's a, Danny's a savage, bro. Like he's a true savage. Those are, those are the wrong ones to trifle with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I love him. I love him that way. I like straight shooters. That's yeah. just how I am. I love that. But Danny's basically, after I come back to my match, he essentially told me it was a good match, but stop hitting like a hit like you mean it you know punch somebody and i'm like oh shit nobody has ever told me to hit somebody harder like, so I was like, the entire oh, time man. everyone's been telling you to cool it like yeah. yeah yeah so after that bro it was on yeah like, after that i was like shit this is what i do i at the pit that's my shit now like yeah and then i mean larry legend comes in and he starts calling me super fight beast and you know i get to run in there with John Wayne Murdoch and the chains, like it just took off because yeah. it was so it it was so com- it was a comfortable setting for me. Yeah, yeah, and that intensity just came like a- as you you picked. I'm a big ICW No Holds Barred fan. I watched the matches you're speaking about live and stuff, and like I watched your intensity pick up over time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember Danny cutting that promo as well. Like after. I don't remember if it was after the Santee match or whatever, which was a huge one. I feel like that was the biggest turning point. But I remember him being like, people have been fucking talking shit on Justin Kyle coming here and they want him to do this and they want him to do this, but this is his fucking home. I remember him saying something about that. Again, I'm paraphrasing, but I, I remember when Danny cuts those promos, I get pretty pumped anyway. It bleeds through the screen, you know, and and that was the big turning point. I was like, he's the fucking one. He's about to rule this fucking pit, man, like. Well, that the cool thing about that shit is, you know, I had a conversation with Danny Pryor, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I'm fucking losing bookings, uh, and people are shitting on me because yeah. they think that I'm out of control. You know, I'm out here like some fucking animal. Mm-hmm. When Danny, t- well, I'm telling you right now, and people can take for it for what it is. When he gets on that fucking mic and he starts talking, that's real shit coming out. Hundred percent. Like. Yeah. That is, there's no bullshit. That shit is not scripted. We do not talk about it. Yeah. Like, when he starts talking, when, well, fuck, when Danny talks, anytime Danny talks, it's real shit. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> bullshit with him. Yeah. And the cool thing about ICW is 
people, if they come back and watch, if, Justin Kyle fans, if you want to see that progression, in the beginning I was trying to be what I thought wrestling wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Now that's me. Yeah, that's legit me in real life, and I'm. That's just like right now. Us talking, we're cool. Yeah, but in the, in in that in the setting in the context in which we're fighting, it's fucking on. Yeah, like uh, everything I say, everything I'm doing, every mannerism, me yelling. That's just fucking. That's just me. Yeah, there's no bullshit with with ICW. Just it allows let it me all to out. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll we'll rewind in a little bit about. At, that journey back into wrestling again, but since we're in the pit, we'll stay here for a little bit. That, um, obviously, your series with Bruce Santee was huge. That fight with him, the especially the the first one or something, was something really special, and I feel like it was really the, you know, the match that kind of lit the fuse. How was that for you? you were you familiar with Bruce? Because I, I wasn't. I, I understand he was quite, you know, popular in the area and stuff like that, a, a bit of a, yeah. a well-known guy. But, but were you familiar with him at all? Uh, I had no fucking idea who Bruce was. Yeah. Uh, but here's the deal. Uh, part of that is I was ignorant. I had, dude, I had no idea about the fucking indie scene. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, my buddy, the only knowledge that I had was my buddy telling me, when people would come up to WWE or come up to Impact, they're like, oh, that guy was the motherfucker at this level. Like, he yeah. knew about it all. Yeah, right, right. Um, so a guy like Bruce, he could have been one of the greatest, and I would have never known because I was ignorant to it. You know, yeah. It wasn't until I actually started training and actually started wrestling and meeting people that I started doing my research. Yeah, uh, IWTV was huge for that, for me. Um, but Bruce... Uh, Danny approached me about, you know, going with Bruce, and I was like, I don't fucking know who that is. And he told me, he's like, dude, he's you. You know, 10 years ago, he was you. Yeah, right. And he's a bad motherfucker. I'm like, that's all I care about. That's all I give a shit about. If he's a bad motherfucker, we'll get it. Yeah. And the thing with Bruce, man, (laughs) have you ever talked to Bruce? No, not yet. No. I hope to. Dude. Bruce Bruce Santee gives zero shits. <laughs> that's a, that's how he came off in the in the that's, dude. That's him. Yeah, he'll he fucking hit some shots before he comes out. If he was allowed to, he'd he'd hit, hit shots during the match for a couple of drinks. Yeah, uh, he's a, he does not care about public opinion. He does not care what you think about him. He's just a bad motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> And I love that shit, man. I love real people. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, do those kind of people say some things that I'm like, yeah, you know what? I respect what you do in the ring, but I, I'm not going to fucking talk to you anymore because that's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not saying Bruce is that guy. I'm yeah. just saying, he, he. I mean, if you watch that WrestleMania weekend show when he's talking shit like that, like I was like, okay, man, I'm going to walk away. You're on another level, right? I did. Now. I did. Like, I didn't hear any of that shit. I've only ever seen him in the pit, so I don't, don't know about any of that. Yeah, he's wild, man, and I love him for it. But the cool thing about Bruce, uh, and I think the reason that that you know that collection of matches took off um, is that shit was real. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about very little. For instance, the very first time I wrestled Bruce, he showed up three minutes before our match started, before I walked out. Mm-hmm. All he did, bro, was walk to the back, 
change his boots and walk out to the ring. That's all he did. He kept the jeans on. He kept everything on. He just walked the fuck out. And then I, his hand, bro, is bigger than my head. I'm telling you that. And I've got a big head. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the, the thing with the with that matchup was, and you can go back and watch it, is when he hits me the first time, he really jacked me. Yeah. Uh, he really caught my jaw, and I looked at him like, yes, fuck yes. That's what you want. Let's okay. go. Let's go. Yeah. And it was just on from there. And every time, I, what do we have? Three matches, I think. I think so. Three. And every time was like that. And it was. We talked very little about anything. He fuck. He's always late. Um. <laughs> he's just that guy. He's he's okay with standing and banging. Um. And I love that. You know, I loved that when I would spar in MMA and we'd be in the gym. My favorite, my best fights I ever had were never on TV. They were in the gym. <laughs> So it was just like that. It was like stepping into that and just, all right, you're, you're a bad motherfucker. Uh, we're going to see how bad you are, actually. And that's how I felt about it. Exactly. If, if anybody hasn't seen that match, go back and, and watch that Pit, Pit Fighter X, I think it was, with Bruce Santee and Justin Kyle won. And then watch all of them. But that, that match is one. I don't really re-watch a lot of matches. I've watched that match like, I don't know, three, three four times or something like that, just because it was just this explosive Fuck fist, you know. Yeah, it was it was really that cool. Took off, man. That, yeah, a social media that went crazy about that, and I actually walked away from that thinking, man, I don't know how that's going to be received. Mm-hmm. Like, I just knew I just fucking went out and banged with somebody. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. And it it came off, and it set a vibe for the pit shows going forward. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like it set a benchmark that everyone's like, okay, that this is what this needs to st- to be. You know. Yeah. Going forward. And, and that's and when it awesome. switched flip for me. Yeah. Personally. Mm-hmm. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is who the fuck I am now. Because yeah. I'm allowed to be me now. Oh, it's okay for me to be me? But cool. Get it. Let's go. That's it. Like, exactly. I do like that, um, and I did notice this uh, transitioning from ICW No Holds Barred to Ruthless Pro Wrestling, which you've got a big show coming up for, for soon. Uh, I did notice that you present yourself differently in the two different organizations, and I really like that. I, I liked the... There's kind of super fight beast pit Justin Kyle, and then there's like the heavyweight champion pro wrestling Justin Kyle, and and both of you were were different, you know what I mean? And I I enjoyed the the change in presentation, and I thought both seemed like bad motherfuckers. Don't get me wrong, but 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 I uh, I was really interested in that. Was that something that you consciously started to do? You're like this is you know kind of underground, and this is pro wrestling. Yeah, man. So with that, it was more about Trip Cassidy, and we'll, I know we'll get into the training stuff mm-hmm. um, and how I came in. But he was my trainer. Yeah. Um, and he was very insistent that I chose things that met my style. Yes. So when I wrestle for anybody, mm-hmm. I don't do it for the pay. I don't necessarily do it for the exposure. I mean, you got to work for exposure. I'm not shitting on that. But I'm not going to work for something that I don't think that my style fits. I'm very yes. much aggressive and explosive mm-hmm. and old school in that way. Um, I believe you, you get what you earn kind of thing and you put in the work. You know, that's just my mentality. So that's what allowed me to gravitate to RPW, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, or a AWR or those kind of shows that allow me that 
platform to work as a pro wrestler, but also be a savage. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the cool thing about AWR, AWR, uh, do you know that? I assume you know that show. Yes, Asylum I, Wrestling. absolutely. Yep. Hell yeah. So AWR with Gary and RPW with Chris, they are two specific shows that are close in how they are, but they're those two. The those two I talked about, Gary and Chris, are specifically like, "Hey, do fucking you, be you. That's all we want." And it's not often I get that. Danny's the only other person. Demanto is the only other person that said, "Hey, go be you. Yeah, go be you and kill it." And I'm like, okay. So RPW allows me to come in and work these matches. Uh, for instance, there's been plenty of times where, where Chris, specifically RPW, was like, hey, man, uh, we'd like you to come in and do this. This is going to be the rules in the match. I'm like, hey, fuck rules, actually. He's like, <laughs> okay, how many doors do you need? I'm like, fuck, five, let's go. Like, <laughs> that's what's cool about yeah. RPW is – he trusts me to put on a show for the the fans, yeah. and he also trusts that I'm going to take care of the brand. Yeah, and and that's why when you see shows like that, when you see me in that element, that's me being allowed to be me. But that's also me having the the trust of the people that run the show, and it gives me the confidence and the energy to just go be be that. Yeah, that's awesome. I know um, when I spoke to Chris, uh, he. He thinks the world of you, and he, he was telling me a particular story about uh, when you got injured in that match. When, I th- think it was your orbital socket, was it? That the got, oh, yes. got injured really badly. And and he was saying how you're this complete savage of a person, this monster of a pro wrestler. And he's like, but then you come out of the ring, your, your face is broken to hell, but you still stop to get a photo with a, a kid and with the belt and stuff, walk through the curtain and then collapse. Like, uh, when you tell me about your son now, that makes a little bit more sense. But but take me through that day. What exactly happened, bro? Well, first of all, uh, in, again, I'm not shitting on anybody, but if it weren't for kids and, and pro wrestling, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I love being that aggressive, over-the-top, barroom brawling, cussing. I love being that, Justin Kyle. Yeah. I Don't get me wrong. But there's nothing that makes me happier than seeing legitimately a line full of kids off my merch table. And, I, dude, I give up. If a kid comes to my table, yeah, they're walking away with things that they did not have to pay for, pins and, and photos, and because I don't give a shit. If, that, if it puts a smile on their face... I was, dude, I was a little stinger. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah, was me. I get you. Uh, and I never got a chance to, to go to a show and watch Sting and his element, but I was watching every damn time I could yeah. on the TV. So, for me, that's what speaks to my heart. Like, that's what energizes me and allows me to continue to go on. So, the people that know me in the, ca- in the cage you know, or in the pit or in the wrestling ring, I'm a different person. So for me to come out and that kid come up to me and and whatever, that does not surprise people. Like, I will do if I'm breathing. Yeah, I will get if, if a kid's gonna put in the effort to, uh, to put his because most dude, I'm telling you, most kids won't even come up to me. Sometimes they're like, "This dude's scary." <laughs> like, yeah, that kid, so that kid had some I guts. Mean, he was, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So once I, I finally drop to a knee or something and I come down to their level, they're like, okay, he's not that scary. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the kind of thing I love. For that show specifically, uh, I, I don't know if you saw that show. I did. Uh, it was, uh, I jumped from the outside, uh, hit a spear on Sam Beal. Um, and I don't know 100% if his elbow came down on my orbital or if it was his back. But for yeah. somehow, for some reason, my head landed between him and the canvas. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt a pop. And shit, we're fucking at the beginning of the match. I yeah. mean, I, I knew, I knew, I actually thought my retina detached is what it felt like. Oh my God. Um, and I tore my bicep in a match before I tore my ACL, like I tore my labrum, like you feel when you're hurt, yeah. there's a difference. You, there's a difference between being injured and being hurt. Yeah. Um, and I knew I was fucked, dude. I couldn't see, I kept trying to clear my eye. You can see me kind of wincing and trying to clear my eye. Cause I thought, shit, maybe I have something in my eye. I at first thought my eye was out. I thought my eye had popped out. Like Vader, bro. Yeah. That's what I envisioned. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm Vader now? Like, I got to put my eye back in? <laughs> oh, my God. That's what I thought. No one ever thinks they're um, going to be Vader. <laughs> I know. Shit, I never thought it was Vader. I love Vader, by the way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, it, it popped. I couldn't see. Um, I, for, I couldn't hear anymore. Oh, my God. Uh, I just remember I, I, I knew that what I had to do to get out of that match. And I was stumbling around, and I was trying to control that, you know, to still put off, like, I'm a bad motherfucker, man. This is me. I'm the champion. Like, yeah. But in my head, I'm like, fuck, I'm surviving. <laughs> yeah. um, I started to get sick. I started to get uh, lightheaded. I felt like I was going to pass out. And you will you could see me get up in the corner of the turnbuckle after the match. Yeah. And my, my girlfriend was out in the crowd, and I was trying to see her. Yeah. Um, just to let her know I was okay, because I knew that she knew something was wrong. But I couldn't even see. I couldn't even see out of that eye. And I come, I came out, and the kid was there. Um, and I gave him the bell and let him do his thing. And he was all happy. And I, I, I fucking couldn't see him. You know, I was, yeah, I was just trying to be there for him. You know. So I went in the back. I finally cleared. I, I, before I could get to it, uh, the curtain. I, I was about to, I was about to go out. I could feel myself going. Yeah, and I'm like, fuck! I can't pass down for all these people. No, you know, no. I had, I had just won the belt, um, RPW. I was so proud uh, to be the guy for however long I'm gonna be that guy. Yeah, because uh, I take that shit dead serious. Um, but once I finally cleared that, that was all I had left. Yeah, you could let I, go at that I point. Kinda, yeah, I kind of dropped to my knees in the back and. I started feeling like I was going to throw up, and that from there on, I don't remember a lot after that. I spent the next eighteen hours in a Toledo hospital emergency room. Oh my God, um, that that match ended up costing me about twenty grand. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, medical bills and lost work and all that stuff. Yeah, but that man, yeah, that, that's that that's being a pro wrestler. Like, yeah. that's the dedication stuff to like. The show doesn't stop till you're through the curtain is something I really respect. Like, it, it's crazy. I, I don't do this. I've never been a wrestler or whatever. But you see those guys that are real ones and stuff like that, and that's, that's well, being a real wrestler. I can tell you this, man. You don't have to be a wrestler to have this feeling. If you're doing something that you love mm. and people rely on you and you have people pushing you and 
they're in your corner and you you pretty much in that moment stand for everything mm-hmm. you're gonna push through it you're gonna find a way yeah. and it doesn't have to be resting it could be whatever you're doing in life you're gonna find a way to push through it mm-hmm. and that's all it is that's just love yeah you know it, it's a desire to continue on and you there's people that are gonna you know shit on that and they're like oh man it's just this or it's just a sport or it's just no no it's not mm-hmm. you know this is so much has gone into this prior to that point that it's more it's way more than what's on the, on the surface yeah it, it's it's easy for some people to say like oh it's, it's just one match or it's just a show or you know it's predetermined it doesn't matter if you finish you could just call i can i can understand that like no this is this is a culmination of everything and i'm going to see yeah. it done you know yeah that's what it is at yeah, that moment you never know you never know what and this is cliche but you never know what your last match is going to be you know, um, and, and people, anybody that ever asked me, what's your favorite match? What's your favorite match? You, I'll always tell them it's the next one. Yeah. Like it's the next one because that's, who knows how long I'm going to be doing it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just going to do it while I can mm-hmm. and I'm going to appreciate it all the whole way through. You know, that's all I can do. Absolutely. You know, that's all anyone can do. Yeah. That's it. Well, that, that's a, I guess that's a perfect segue for us to jump back to the training thing. So you, you're telling me that your, your son starts to, get into to wrestling and you're loving um enjoying that with him and everything like that is that when you start to train like he's like i want to be a wrestler and you're like i can show you how yeah. kind of thing like yeah. you're like maybe maybe i'll start to do it and he can see me lead it by example more, and, and it chase it more of you want something this is how you work for it yeah you know this is the kind of work you have to put in this shit's not easy no matter what you want to do it's not fucking easy yeah if, if you if it matters to you mm-hmm. it's not easy so I started putting in calls. I started putting in uh, applications for different training organizations and different whatever. Um, It's a little bit different now than when I first got in because I haven't been in that long. But, you know, with social media and with different wrestlers starting their own schools, and it's a lot more prevalent in the ability to go find that training. Um. I remember that one of the first people I hit up was Billy Rock, who trained Trip Cassidy, who trained Ruby Soho, who trained Vance Warner, um, you know, Stacey Phillips, a bunch of those guys. Um, and I, he was, he's 30 minutes from me, mm-hmm. you know, north of my current location. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that'd be perfect. That's that dude. He's, I want to do that. And he, mm-hmm. he was done. At that point, he had just stopped. Right. Um, and I was like, shit, you know, he hit me up. He's like, I follow, I'm sorry, but I no longer do that. You know, he's got his whole family life he's he stepped into. And, you know, and that's just how it is sometimes. <sighs> so without naming names, I, I hit up a different, a few different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all I did was I wrote out, this is who I am. This is my height. This is my weight. Um, this is my college football background. This is my MMA background. These are my desires. Um, I'm not asking you for a spot on any show or anything. I just want to learn how to wrestle. Mm-hmm. And, bro, I'm telling you, it's not as easy as it sounds to get into this business. Yeah, well. The right way. The right way. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. Um, the one guy who read my message literally sent a middle finger emoji back to me. I'm like, fuck you, dude. What? Like... Yeah, oh yeah. Um, a few different shows ignored me. Um, 
and just outright was like, nah, we don't, we don't have any space or we don't have any time, whatever, you know, whatever bullshit excuse they wanted to give me. Um, and I needed that. Yeah. I needed someone to shit on me. Yeah. You know, I needed, I needed yeah. that adversity because that's just who I am. You know, yeah, it, yeah. If it doesn't come easy for me, I don't want it for some reason. Fuck, I wish I could. But um, finally, uh, I hit up Trip Cassidy, um, who at the time had Alley Cat with him and MJF and Calvin Tankman and some other guys. And uh, Shotzi was with him. Um, the bad thing about that was he brought me in. Uh, and the very first time... Uh, and I won't use his real name, but I, I come to the uh, the training place that we were going to, and I fucking didn't know any. I didn't know a single person. Yeah. I'm just six three, two hundred sixty five pound dude walking in, like, uh, hello, uh, is and I I used his real name, yeah, and they're like, who the fuck is that? Like, we don't fucking know that guy. And then one person's like, oh, that that's Trip, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even fucking know that we use work names. Like I had, dude, that's how little I knew. Yeah. Um, fuck. I'm out here trying to call people by their names. They're like, stop. Like, what are you doing? Like (laughs) nobody's, we don't go by those names. Yeah. So for a long time, when I first started wrestling, man, I, I introducing when people like, Hey, Justin, I wouldn't even know they were talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. Because, and, and, and some people know this, depending on what podcast you listen to, I didn't want a nickname in wrestling. I had a nickname in MMA and whatever. I just wanted to be no thrills, no gimmicks. I'm just a fucking guy. Yeah. Like, let's get it. Yeah. I didn't want no other thing, no fucking nothing, no moniker. So my name, my actual name is Kyle Justin is my middle name. Mm-hmm. So all I did, bro, was just switch my middle name with my first name, and now I'm Justin Kyle. Yeah. Like, I, there was no bullshit. You get what you get with me. That's that's the mentality that I had. So Trip brings me in, and the problem with that is, bro, I knew fucking nothing. First of all, I'm out here training with people. There were already some of the best wrestlers in the area, uh, in the in, in the country. Yeah, you know, and we're not walking through motherfucking arm drags. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, this isn't not how you bump, and there's no, you don't get to spend a lot of time running the ropes. You better catch the fuck up if you want to train with us. That's how it was. And I had to do that, you know? And coming in and training with guys like Calvin Taquin, for instance, uh, I know that he's with MLW now, and I know that he's doing these other things, and he's he's got some momentum, and he's got some notoriety, but he's so much better than people realize. Like, Calvin's a genius when it comes to this. Yeah, right. Like, there are some people out here, and that's how all of Trip Cassidy's people are. They're very cerebral, and they think, and they put a lot into the storyline. Yeah. It's character-driven, but there's a reason, Yeah, you know? And that's kind of what he hammers home. And And it was more about respecting the business and respecting yourself and respecting other people and... Uh, really earning your spot because Trip never once made a phone call for me. He's like, if you want to get booked there, this is the person you talk to him. Yeah. He could have very easily got me booked just about anywhere back then. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't do that. He's like, go earn it. I'm like, okay. Like, and then you establish your relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
like the my first ICW show, Danny wasn't the one that hit me up. John Wayne Murdoch hit me up and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" It was like fucking two a.m. the day before. I live like thirteen hours away from New Jersey. Jesus Christ! He's like, "You want to go this?" I'm like, "Yes." I was actually sitting outside the gym in my vehicle, waiting to go in, listen to music, trying to get pumped. And I got that text before I went to the gym. I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I want to do that. Let's do this." Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I I talked to Danny. He said, "Yeah, this is whatever, and this is where you got to be, and all that thing." But you build those relationships once you earn your place. Yeah. And when you're a big dude like I am, you don't. It's not easy to earn that respect, you know, because you walk into a lot like, dude. Anywhere I walk into, people like fuck that guy. Like, he looks like a giant asshole. Yeah, yeah. People, so, people trying to test you straight away, right? Yeah, so especially in the wrestling business, I had to come down. You know, I had to earn my place. Yeah. I, I I don't think maybe two or three times I've ever reached out to someone else and said, hey, I'm interested in working for you. Everything else is, has come through people that I've talked to or the respect that I've earned. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. so... And that's just how I did it. That's how Trip did it. And, and there's kind of a, what's crazy about Trip is I got shit on it for six months. Couldn't find anybody. So I find a guy who was trained by the very first guy that I hit up that said he couldn't do it. Yeah. That's wild to me. Like the, the probability of that's insane. Why wasn't that guy like, hey, Trip's training people. Why don't you hit him? <laughs> like he could have saved you a whole because- heap of time. <laughs> Well, because it's not, it wasn't some beginner shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I got you. I got you. It wasn't, I, I wasn't, I should have never fucking been there, man. Like, Trip took a chance on me. Yeah. And to this day, I still talk to him all the time. Like, I always check in with anybody who's giving me a shot. Like, hey, man, how you doing? Like, yeah. and that's just my mark. That's how it makes me happy to be respectful of the process. Absolutely. So. But, yeah, man, it was hard to break in. It was real hard to break in. Mm-hmm. And then once I started coming in and once I started getting some of the push that I was getting, then people really started shitting on me. And that's kind of how it turned into that thing with Danny saying, you know what, well, fuck you motherfuckers. Like, this is his place then. Fuck you guys. Like, Yeah, yeah. So, and that's kind of how that happened. You know, there's some jealousy there. Or that maybe they were up. A lot of people thought, oh, you're just, you're getting this push because you're, because of your size. Yeah. Well, fuck! I'm in the gym every goddamn day. I spend four hundred dollars a week on food to feed me. Like, yeah. fuck! I got it. I'm putting in a work too, just different than you, motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. I bought a ring. I had it in my house, my garage. Like, oh, I was wow. training my ass off. Yeah, yeah. You, like, do, Rip you Rogers, don't get Rip to... Rogers came up. Oh, really? To your house? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was bringing all kinds of people. I was I trained with Dan Severn at one place and wow. Bass Root in another place. Like, I was not playing. So, and people don't see the grind. I don't always, I don't post that shit. You know, like, I don't, I'm not a sympathy guy. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'll earn my respect from what you see. Yeah. And if that doesn't, then I guess I'm not for you. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm not for some people, man. That's just how it is. We're all like, any strong-willed person's like that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I feel like you can't accelerate in any business or succeed in it with, out putting in that work and as quickly as you've kind of come up in the wrestling business that doesn't just happen overnight you know what I mean like and you can't perform and put on the kinds of shows like you do if you haven't done that work you know there's a certain amount to be said for size and you know natural athleticism 
but the rest is work, you know what I mean? So the I, I guess it's jealousy or just, you know, naysayers and things like that, but I, I think your resume is well and truly putting all that to rest as people see it. Um, a match I saw from you, the last match I sh- saw from you was uh, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, Inked in Blood, you versus Shane Mercer. That was a, a clash of the titans, man. That was an unbelievable performance. Yeah, man. Uh, fuck. That's the second time I wrestled Shane. Yeah. Uh, you know that moonsault battery he does? Yes. He does that moonsault off the fight. He did that to me the first time. He picks me up and throws me wherever he wants because he's the strongest person I've ever met in real life. Um, he's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's one of those guys uh, that can do whatever he wants. You know, and it's very rare that you see that. And I don't know his history too much. Yeah. I, I I just know when I see guys like him mm-hmm. or who's I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. Uh, you know, who Ace Perry is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I see guys like, you know, Ace Perry or Shane Mercer or, you know, people at that level, like Manser. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manser's another one. When I see them as a as a worker, as a wrestler, mm-hmm. and I'm like, these motherfuckers can do anything they want. They are the most unbelievably talented people. They have the gimmick, the character, the work ethic. They have the skill set. And I don't see them at the very, very, very top level like they should be. Yeah. I'm like, man, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, am I wasting my time here? Because if these motherfuckers can't make it, I don't know if I'm going to. You know, like... I just have so much respect for those type of people. And, and Shane's one of those guys. That match, you'll see, I sprained my MCL when he oh, throws really? me out of the ring. Oh, when it, he gorilla press slams you to the outside. I was watching that shit and I was like, what? How could he lift him like that? Because you, you're huge. Like, it was no, crazy. That ain't, that ain't shit for him. He wow. could have lifted two of me up like that if he wanted to. I'm telling wow. you, it's easy for him. Uh, you, you see a lot of people doing some strength-defined things. Yeah. Uh, and you're working with them and you're jumping for them. No. Shane can do whatever the fuck he wants. He can probably lift my house off its foundation. <laughs> he, he, he's unbelievably strong. So that match specifically, it was one of those matches where it was my aggressiveness and my tenacity versus his just downright brute strength. Yeah. Uh, and I felt that shit. We both felt it. Like, that was not a work. That was not a gimmick. That was, it was a test of wills. And it, I mean, it have, it went how it went. Uh, and that actually didn't get a lot of fanfare at first. But it was a busy weekend, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, there was a lot on in that deathmatch circus weekend, Jesus Christ. It was, it yeah, was and packed. there was some evil matches. That match with uh, Mo Atlas uh, was unbelievable. Like... So I mean I'm not uh, I'm not upset obviously that it didn't get up fanfare but that was one of those matches where someone like you sees it for what it is mm-hmm. you know people don't understand you don't have to have the quote unquote match of the night to have a real good story and a real good test of will you know mm-hmm. and, and some of these shows that I'm on bro like you're not going to consistently have the match tonight just it's not going to happen mm-hmm. w- with the roster that's there you yeah. know like at, not every single night yeah. 
Fuck, yeah. especially you got guys like John Wayne Murdoch on every fucking show. That dude's a goddamn <laughs> walking legend. Well, yeah, that that doesn't doesn't hurt. I mean, but yeah, it was a huge weekend. But I don't think uh, I think it's one of the the ones that over time will sort of marinate. You know what I mean? And more people will see it as time goes on and ruthless goes by. And I think it's going to be one that people look back on as like this was an absolute spectacle. We have a mutual friend, Darren McCarty. He was on my show and we, we talked about that. We both absolutely loved that match. It was it was something really cool. And probably, yeah, one of the, if not the most underrated match of the weekend, in my opinion. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I really do. It was cool. Now, is it true, Darren told me that he's basically got you on the payroll because you're a Jersey addict, and if anybody messes with him, it's over for them <laughs> because he's got the hookup. True or not true? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, dude, I got a shitload of jerseys. Yeah. Um, and I was just, it was just something we talked about in passing. He's like, I got that connection. If you yeah. want it, let me know. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. He's like, and he later on hit me up. He's like, hey, man, I'm serious. You? I'm like, fuck you then. Here's a list, motherfucker. <laughs> The way he tells but it, he, yeah, said, he says, get them, you get them. That's how it is because he's got the hookup is how he talks it. Yeah, he's, dude, Darren McCarty's special, bro. He's I, amazing. The first time he ever hit me up was on Twitter. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he basically was like, hey, man, I'm a fan of what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is pretty cool. And, dude, I, I grew up a massive Red Wings fan. Like, yeah. that, I like, I'm from Michigan. Like, Detroit Red Wings, that's in our blood. Our yeah. fucking football team sucks. Our basketball team pretty much sucks. Our baseball team pretty much sucks. Like, yeah, hockey's yeah. all we had. <laughs> so, I was a huge Darren McCarty fan growing up. So, when he hits me up, I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, fucking not Darren McCarty. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Especially because it, it's like say, Darren McCarty 4 is his official one or whatever. I know. I had fucking – I didn't say that. I wasn't disrespectful. I'm like, okay, yeah. cool, man. Thanks. Like, and then after a while, we're talking. I'm like, well, fuck, this is Darren McFucking Cardi right now. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is wild to me. Like – so yeah, we hit it off, uh, and I wasn't like fanboy about it either, though. You know, like, um, he's just a cool dude. Yeah. You know, he's easy to talk to. He's a fuck. He's a realistic wrestling fan. Yeah. Like he, he's a he- heavily. I mean, he's he's been on your show. He's a very knowledgeable. Yeah, like he. Ju- I I had exactly the same kind of experience as you. He followed me on Twitter, and I was like. Hi, Darren McCarty. Thank you for following me on Twitter. Uh, you know, big fan. I I'm I grew up in Australia. We don't have ice. I don't really know what ice hockey is. We don't have ice. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what that is, but I knew him from the pit. You know what I mean? And we got talking. He's like, hey, if you ever want to like do a show, I'd love to. And I was like, yeah. And man, when I, I dialed him like I did with you today, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to get. And what I got was one of the most enthusiastic wrestling conversations I've ever had. He fucking loves it, man. And I had a great time talking with him. It's one of my favorite episodes because it's just him and I talking about like those shows. We'll just talk about Deathmatch Circus, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, uh, ICW No Holds Barred, and having a wicked time as like fans. And yeah, Yeah. he's a real one, man. He loves wrestling. He loves it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's no bullshit. And he'll talk until you make him stop. Yeah. He's just passionate about it. Yeah. And he loves that shit. Mm-hmm. And I love that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's real. Yeah. So Absolutely. that's kind of why we clicked. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you're if, if you're about any bullshit, I, I don't fuck with you, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no disrespect. Um, 
but like you, for instance, we had never met. This is the first time we've ever officially spoke. Absolutely. But I knew you were a real motherfucker. Like I did. I knew who you were. Like yeah. I had already listened. I knew that you were a straight shooter. So oh, thank you. That and that's why when you're like you want to be on my fuck yeah let's do this yeah. like because that's it's an easy decision for me. Yeah. And Darren's one of those guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like fanhood aside, if this dude came up to me tomorrow and I didn't know who he was, I'd be like, you're a fucking cool dude. Like yeah. And we just click. That's just how he is, and he's real. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It's all about that vibe, right? I see it in everything, be it conversations with people, how it, wrestling and sport or whatever. You can tell when people, like, deliver a, a vibe of authenticity, you know? And when yeah. there's that sheen of bullshit, like, that needs to be wiped away because otherwise we've got nothing to fucking say, you know? And so, you know, and it was the same for me when I, I saw you in the pit and when I see you in the thing, like there's that intensity and that realness comes through. And and I feel like the wrestlers that don't deliver that are the, are the ones that are doomed to never get anywhere, you know? And so if there's criticism on, oh, you know, Justin Kyle got X far quicker than everybody else or blah, 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 an easy pass and stuff, it's not that. It's just you were real right from the beginning. You know, and sometimes it takes a bit for people to get to the point where they can be real. You know, I th- I think you said that right. Like in the pit, you were like, "Oh wait, I can just be myself in here," and then of course things caught fire from there. Yeah, man. So uh, that, I mean, and that goes back to what we were talking about before with Trip. Mm-hmm. He made sure I was choosing shows that worked for me because I'm telling you, I'm not a good actor. Yeah. Period. I'm not. You're not going to see me any movies. I'm not going to be any fucking bullshit commercials. I'm not going to be on any of that because I can't fake it. Yeah. I just can't. I'm telling you right now, I can't. If I'm talking to somebody and I think they're bullshit, I'm either going to tell you I think this is fucking bullshit and I'm going to walk away, yeah. or I'm just going to be like, okay, cool, nice talking to you, man. No disrespect. I'm not going to be an asshole, but like, right, it's good talking to you, man, and I'm going to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But with what you see from me, that's just me choosing a show that I know that I could be me. Yeah. Because if you want me to be something else, it's going to be bullshit. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be transparent it's yeah. gonna be fake mm-hmm. and i can't fake it mm-hmm. like there's times where i'm wrestling at different shows where i thought it was gonna be one thing and it wasn't where i'm like yep this is bullshit i can feel it yeah and I'm not, I'm not connecting with the crowd and i'm not at that point don't give a fuck about the camera like i'm like this is fucking bullshit i need to get out of here yeah because i, I can't pretend yeah. i'm not a pretender i just can't mm-hmm. there's people that are very skilled that can i can't you know, I'm, maybe I'm not on that level. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's true. You can feel it when the, there's that authenticity. I can feel it in anything I do. Like I, I do my day job is sales, right? Like I, I sell guitars and stuff, uh, and then I also did a band for like ten years and stuff. And there's a certain point when you're doing stuff like that, and and I guess wrestling is selling. You know what I mean? Where you can feel yourself click into that mode. You know what I mean? Where you're like, now it's. Now it's me. Now it's real. I found my truth in whatever I'm doing, and I'm projecting that outwards. You know what I mean? And if you can't do that, and that's not there, and you're stepping through the motions, it feels fucked. <laughs> it feels well, absolutely I mean, fucked. You're, you're selling guitars. When somebody comes in to buy a guitar, you could tell if they're an actual guitarist or mm-hmm. if they're a hobbyist. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, you could see through it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sell the guitar regardless, and that's what it's like to be a wrestler. Yeah. You're going to try to sell it. But when I know you're feeling it, when I know you believe me, mm-hmm. that's when I'm going to be my best. Yeah. You know, like, 
if I don't have any crowd participation, I'm going to fucking get it. Yeah, like, exactly. And I'm not going to be a face or a heel. I'm going to be me. And that's hard to understand sometimes. And I guess I'd be a tweener or whatever. Yeah. I'm yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I need to be in your face, I will be. Yeah. Uh, and if I don't need to be, then I'm going to fucking let you know I'm there still. Yeah. Like, and that's what I think people like. Yeah. And that's what and a show like ICW specifically and RPW and mm-hmm. those type of shows, mm-hmm. they want that. Absolutely. They want that in your face. This is not a fucking game. That's what they want. And that's what you have to bring for those shows, to be honest. Anybody on those shows was handpicked. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking bullshit with ICW specifically. That shit gets passed through multiple people. Struggles is, is one of those guys... If they don't know who you are, if they don't understand what you bring to the table, then you better go fucking prove it somewhere. Like, <laughs> because you're not, I mean, earn it in the pit mm-hmm. is we think you're tough. Fucking show us. Yeah. That's, a, it's more than a and motto, it, right? That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's one of those shows, man, that a legit, I'm telling you, after the matches, and it used to be, and if it, and, and it is sometimes still, but we know coming in, if you've never been there before, you know if you don't get a please come back chant from the crowd or if Danny doesn't come out on the microphone and give you that public props, you're not fucking coming back. Yeah. Like, you that earn it in the piss shit's not a fucking gimmick. Yeah. Like, this is your chance, bro. Take the fucking wheel or you're you're not coming back, period. Mm-hmm. And that's just how it works. Yeah. And that's not, that's not to shit on anybody. That's Danny saying, I'm going to give the best product to my fans and the people who believe in my show. And if you can't be that, then go be you somewhere else. Good luck. Yeah. You're not coming back. <laughs> like, that's, that's, there's no bullshit about that. And we all know that. Yeah. Like, there's the earn it in the pit, but you need to fucking earn it every show. Yeah. We know that. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that if you fucking take a night off, buddy, you're probably done. <laughs> yeah, well. And I mean, it comes through, man. It's a, it's why both of those products have, you know, uh, stood out to me over this. Like since I've been doing the podcast, I didn't start the podcast to cover shows like that. You know, I just wanted to do a podcast. I'm a big New Japan Pro Wrestling fan. I started talking about that. I'd seen some big Japan death matches. Just wanted to talk about that stuff. But what happened yeah. was I ended up getting IWTV. The pandemic happened. Caught ICW No Holds Barred Volume 2 was the first one ever watched, you know, in that car park in Atlanta. And it just caught fire for me. You know what I mean? And then seeing you guys out there, and like you say, it's no bullshit and you can feel the authenticity and every show just gets better and better and there's no filler and, like, it just caught me up in it, you know? And so here I am on the other side of the world talking about these independent wrestling companies in America just because that's my shit. Like, I just love it, you know? It's it's awesome. Yeah. And speaking of, there's, like, some crazy shows coming up this weekend. You're going to have your hands absolutely full uh, on both Ruthless and ICW. So if you don't mind, if you've got a second, I wouldn't mind um, breaking those down a little bit with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Now, six. So um, the first up, then, we'll jump into to Ruthless, bro, because this show is stacked like from the ground up. It's the first ever tournament for the Boiling Point show. Uh, they're going to be doing the tag tournament, and then yourself, you're defending against Akira. That's right. Yeah, man. First of all, 
Every fucking RPW show is goddamn stacked. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's true. fucking exhausting. It's true. It's true. But this is how it is. Yeah. The Rolling Point show with Akira, man. So I got a little bit of heat for that. There's been a few times where I was supposed to wrestle Kira at other shows. Okay. Uh, do you remember? Uh, and I fucking it, it. It might be an ICW show. I can't remember. But where Akira got stabbed in the chest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, and he had that, that big hole. It was with Matt Tremont. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to wrestle Kira that very next night for the for the AWR uh, number one contender. Oh, okay. And he obviously fucking couldn't make it for fuck's sake. I can't believe he's still alive with yeah. that shit. Because uh, I saw him a week later still escaping open. Like, wow. that was not a fucking... Uh, that was a significant injury. Yeah. He was not just stabbed. He was impaled. Yeah. Like He just had a uh, giant hole in his chest. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. You could see inside of him. It was just it a was, pace missing. Exactly. <laughs> it was fucked up. And then... Uh, a few shows after that, we were supposed to go again, and something happened. He got hurt. I mean, fucking because deathmatch wrestling is goddamn crazy. I don't tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, first of all, let me stop right there. It blows my mind. I've had one deathmatch. Yeah, one. Mm-hmm. It was with John Wayne Murdoch. That's it. And that's because I'm not. I'm not going to ride that. You know, I'm not going to fucking shit on what other people are putting in. You know, mm-hmm. it, John asked me to do it, so I fucking did it. But I have these street fights, and I have doors and chairs and glass and fucking all these other things, and it hurts, man. It fucking sucks. <laughs> it takes me a minute to recover. Yeah. But these motherfuckers will put in sometimes three death matches in a weekend. Yeah, like Neil Neil Diamond Cutters specifically. Mm-hmm. He never takes time. He's finally got hurt enough where he can't come. Yeah, shout out. Like Nick. how how the hell. Do you see you see his matches? Yeah. How does he do that? I don't know how he does it so consistently. Neil's a personal friend of mine. He was like my first international guest on this show. And the the work like you never see Neil Diamond Cutter phone in a match. Like it doesn't happen. It's always a war. And how he gets to the point where I've known him now for over a year and this is the first time I've ever seen him stop. You know, and it, yeah, he's got, this is got the first inf- time I've ever seen him. Yeah, so. exactly. He got an infection in his scalp, which is very unfortunate. And he says he's got a bit of a deep wound on his leg and stuff. So anybody out there, if you can help Neil Diamond Cutter at the moment, buy some merch, subscribe to his Patreon, sure. do whatever you can for him. But like, how do you, how do you recover from that? How do you keep on grinding like that? And when I first met, he was doing it while doing a full time job as well, like working a shoot okay. job and then then doing they both that every on the one weekend. of these guys do. Yeah, and it's, girls, it's, they it's, do. It's wild. John John Wayne Murdoch's another guy. You know, Schlack. Uh, you know, all the big names. They're just out here. Fucking, it's unbelievable to me, actually. Yeah. Like, physically, I don't even know how it's possible. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's no surprise that Akira couldn't make a few matches, and mm-hmm. now we're finally getting it. And uh, we'll see, man. We'll fucking see if he's not hurt by the time it comes. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's still a little uh, bit of time between Akira's now and then. One of those guys, yeah. Akira's another one of those guys that's bone it in. Yeah, he I'm goes, saying. he he puts his body through some crazy shit. He runs kind of the same gimmick I do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a gimmick. I mean, it's kind of the same style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it's, I'm six three two sixty five, 
it's a little bit easier for me to go through that. He's a lot smaller than me doing the same fucking things. Yeah. Like, and contorting his body in a completely different way than I do. I can't do that shit that he yeah. does. But, yeah, we're, I'm looking forward, man. Um, the last, I won't say the last few shows because Shane was a scheduled opponent, but there's been multiple shows in a row with RPW that people have had to pull off because of injuries and, and stuff like that that I'm like, fuck, man. Can I fucking wrestle somebody that I had scheduled to wrestle? <laughs> yeah, you're like, I've been, I've been doing my homework. I've been putting it in. I've been aiming for this person. And then it's like pulled out from under you, right? Yeah, I'm not sure people understand what it takes to prepare. Yeah. Because that's what I do. I, I come from a background of football and game film and, and studying not only myself, but my opponents. And, you know, because I want to I put on the best show possible. Yeah. Uh, so with Akira, man. That's going to be wild. And uh, it's going to fucking suck for me. <laughs> it's going to hurt because yeah. that dude's a fucking animal. But I like that, though. Yeah. You know, I I like going into something knowing, no, this dude's not fucking scared. Not scared of me. Damn sure not scared of the moment. Yeah. Like, this is going to be cool. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of them. Like, that, that showed RPW. I, are we the only... Singles match is the rest of it the tournament? I don't know. Um, no, there are other singles matches. I, I cleared this up with Chris today because I was like, I, w- I want to get in, into it with Justin and, and go through it all. So the the matches are as follows. You you and Akira, heavyweight title match. And then you've got the Sato Jin versus Dale Patricks for the RPW Rust Belt Championship in living color death match. Whatever that is. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be fucking bloody. That's what the fuck it is. Did you hear the names? Yeah. So, so, so do you know what an in living color death match is? Is, is that the stipulation? Everybody's just going to bleed a lot? <laughs> no, I think it's we're going to sit down and watch that show. Yeah, yeah. That old, that old fucking comedy. I, I'm going to do it. Shit. And then we're just going to watch them bleed in the background. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, that works totally fine. So that that's going to be killer. Uh, obviously... Satu and Dale are two of the best doing it right now. Dale's killing it in RPW, and it's it's going to be a bloodbath, man. It's going to be crazy. Oh, fucking Dale. God damn it. <laughs> it's a weapon. Dude. Fucking uh, Dale. <laughs> have, you, um, have you fought Dale at RPW? Man, I hate telling this story. So, Sorry. I don't hate telling it. It's just embarrassing. Uh, it's not even embarrassing. It's a fucking rite of passage, I guess. Right. Uh, Dale, I wrestled Dale one time. Mm-hmm. It was at WCWO in Indianapolis, Indiana. It wasn't at RBW. <sighs> and this motherfucker beat the dog shit out of me with a can. Uh, what is that called? Uh, kendo stick. A kendo stick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not good. He beat the hell out of me so much so that it. I literally started having gashes from it. Oh. And this man is standing over me, beating the shit out of me, calling me a green boy bitch. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> All right, Dale. And Dale don't play. That's him. Yeah. Dale's another one of those guys. When he steps through, that's that's Dale. Yeah. Like, in ICW, gets to see real Dale. Yeah. Because um, there's... Man, I, I consider Dale a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk to him all the time. Dale's one of those people who's been through some shit. And still going through some shit. And you have those ebb and flows, that, that wave you ride throughout life. And there's shows that you can watch Dale on that it's fun loving Dale. And 
and it's Happy Dale and Joking Dale. Uh, but like RPW and ICW Dale, that's a re- uh, AWR Dale is a real motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, as a side note with Dale, in about fuck, I don't even know what time it is. My time, uh, it's probably like ten ten thirty my time. Mm-hmm. And literally like twelve hours, I'm gonna go pick up Dale in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. We're gonna drive our asses to Chattanooga mm-hmm. for the show. And we're going to commence to beating the fuck out of each other in the pit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how that works. And we both know yeah. we're friends, but it's we got a point to prove. Yeah. Every single time we walk in, that's just the, who we are. That's the area we're from. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dale's one of those guys that can be your buddy. But if you come across him in the ring, it doesn't fucking matter who you are. <laughs> like, it could be his mother. It's going down. Yeah. Like, so and I love Dale for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that match with him and Satu. Satu's another one of those guys I can't believe can fucking walk sometimes. Yeah, he does crazy shit mm-hmm. uh, and and tanks. laughs about it, man. I just did an episode with him the other day, and I'm like, "How is it recovering from death matches?" He's like, oh, "It's totally fine. Just itches a little bit." And I'm like, "What do you mean it just itches a little bit?" He's like shredded into a million pieces. Doesn't hey. even face him. Doesn't care. He's a psychopath. I think for real, and I'm not fucking joking, I think that he's actually a djinn. <laughs> I think he's actually some malevolent fucking goddamn ghost. He must be. That comes in. Dude, he, he's, 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 he's crazy. Yeah. Do, he's does Danny DeMonto have a lamp that he just <laughs> rubs? I think he does. And, and Satu appears, yeah. I don't know how fucking... I've never traveled with Satu. That's yeah. probably how he does get there. He comes in a fucking lamp. And I bet you John Wayne Murdoch rubs that shit with the rejects and he comes the fuck out. Just seeing a fucking cloud of weed smoke fucking yeah. out comes Satu Just fucking some green lamp somewhere. <laughs> I love it. Um, and yeah, I forgot. Like, obviously, we're, we're on RPW at the moment, but I forgot it was you and Dale in the pit six. So... Obviously, Dale's about to learn that he made a mistake with that Green Boy bullshit uh, with the kendo stick, right? <laughs> it's payback time, oh, motherfucker. Nah, I know better than to fucking try to look in the past and try to fight Dale in the present. Nah, yeah. I will not make that mistake. Nah, and just come at him like a ton of bricks and see how that works out. Yeah, I'm going to try to punch that motherfucker in the face a bunch of times as I can. I know his fucking ass is about to grab some bullshit and hit me with it. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I don't know if you... with. If you've noticed, but there's not a lot of fuckery in my matches. Yeah. And that's by design. Yeah. That's me saying, I don't need any bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Show me that you can fuck me up or pass the fuck out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that's how it is. But Dale will break his, he'll tear his own fucking arm off to hit you with it. He don't care. Yeah. Like, and I know that. And I love that. Mm-hmm. And we'll fucking see. That's going to be awesome. Oh, I'm, pumped. I'm pumped for that one, man. Uh, the other singles match on the uh, Boiling Point show is a dude that I'm actually going to be speaking to in a minute here, Remington Raw, and he's versing Randy West. Now, I know they've got a little bit of history. I think it was No Peace when I think I saw a clip of him absolutely destroying her. Oh, where some kind of killed her? Yeah, yeah exactly. That. <laughs> that was fucking brutal. So I'm sure she's going to be looking for payback this weekend. Randy, uh, I'm telling you, man, right now, Randy and Schwartzy, they're some hardworking motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Randy is not one to be taken lightly. Yeah. Um, she will punch you in the jaw 
and she asked you how it felt. <laughs> like, how'd that feel? You little bitch. Like, <laughs> you little fuck. Yeah. And, and Roar, dude, I'm telling you, Roar, I, I, backstage, he's one of my favorite people. But he's another guy, once he walks through that curtain, he's not the same guy you just talked to. It's an animal. And, and I, he's, you know, and I don't feel this very often, uh, but he's one of the guys that I know that I'm inevitably going to come up against. Mm-hmm. And I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> just one of the Dale's, Dale's one of those guys mm-hmm. where I'm like, fuck, okay. Yeah. I'll take this, but I wish I fucking didn't. Yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, I, there's a lot of other things I'd like to do on my goddamn Friday. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> get hit by shit by Dale Patrick, or or have my throat torn out by Remington Roy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and the world's and I told you before we started this, the world's about to find out about Roar. Yeah, because he's a real yeah. one, and he he's put in the work. Uh, and I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to see him get what he deserves, yeah. figuratively and literally. Because if he comes up to me, I'm gonna fuck him up. <laughs> I love it. Um, then, then we've got the tag team tournament. So the, this one is, is very exciting to me. So much so, I, I went ahead and put my name on a team. So uh, we'll start. We'll start with the bracket. You know, I had to back in my man Casanova Valentine and Mo Atlas Hoodfoot as my team. Um, Casanova was my second ever international guest, uh, and somebody who I had a great time talking to. So I, I had to back him in. But they're coming up against the team of bulking season, who I'm not really familiar with. So uh, opinions on the on these two teams. Fuck, I don't really know who goes up against Mo Alice. It don't matter if he's got a team or not, bro. You're about to get fucked up. Like, <laughs> he's the uh, one, I He's the one. And, and Casanova's that guy. I was supposed to wrestle him at AWR Deathmatch Tournament. Oh, wow. Uh, and then ended up having to fight Phoenix Kid because mm-hmm. uh, Casanova got hurt. I mean, that weekend was insane Yeah, in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, that match with Phoenix Kids. Yeah. Shout out to Phoenix Kids, friend of the show as well. That match was insane as well. <laughs> you and Phoenix, Jesus Christ! I thought you get killed. Yeah, that dude's wild. That dude's fucking crazy, actually. Uh, he, he, like, I don't. That's another guy. I don't know how he does what he does. Yeah. Um, but my pick for the tournament, man, and and I, in, in Hoodfoot knows I got mad love for him, but I got to go. Dread King Zach Thomas. Yeah. Uh, those two. And I wrestled Dread King at, at RPW. And if you haven't seen that, go watch it because that shit hurt too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the second. T- that was the first time I ever went nearly unconscious in a match. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you know who Lord Crew is. That was the second time uh-huh. that I almost went unconscious. Uh-huh. I made the mistake, bro. And this was at AWR. Mm-hmm. I wrestled Lord Crew on a side note, real quick. Mm-hmm. I wrestled Lord Crew, and before the match, man, I was tired of people fucking not really sticking it in. You know, I needed people to hit me. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, I can't fake this shit. I'm, I just, I'm telling you that now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I know I don't have to tell you that, but he's like, no, I got you. This motherfucker, I, I, felt, I came out of the ring. He walked around the corner of the ring and hit me so hard in the jaw. You could see me kind of hit the canvas and come back up. <laughs> oh, no. That I almost went, I almost, legitimately almost passed out. Wow. I'm like, okay. All right, uh, I fucked up saying that to you. Game on, you know. <laughs> and and Dread King's another one of those guys. Uh, and Zach Thomas is not. I don't know if you know a lot about him yet. 
I'm sure you probably do, but uh, I, I I know him through. I I'm familiar with his brother, and I'm also familiar with catching him on the the first few um, shows that I've seen from Ruthless. So like bumps in the night and uh, and inked in blood. Like I've seen him in a singles match and a scramble and stuff like that. And yeah, he co- he comes across as a real one, man. Uh, Zach is a hard, he's a shoot style guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's another one of those guys. that's like roar where the world's about to find out. Yeah. Same, same with dread King. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so those the, are, that's the, my pick for the tournament. That's Midwest those scum, guys. isn't it? That's those guys. Yes. And, they're, and they're up yeah, first against DTA, yes. the death threat army. And I've got to tell you, when I had opportunities to choose my sponsorship, I was on the fence between Cass and Hoodfoot and the DTA. Both were still available, but I had to go with my boy Cass and, and obviously Hoodfoot because he's the, he's the one. Uh, but I, I think those could go either way. Both could go really deep. In, who in who would do they have for DTA? Uh, so, the, yeah, they, they've got, got yeah, Orion and Vendetta. Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I wasn't sure if he was. I knew Vendetta was for sure. I mean, he's yeah. I, I think Chris said the, that he was he was feeling better because I, I think Orion was injured, right? Like for a little bit, but he said he was going to be good to go. Because I mean, if they put Bronner in there, maybe it's a wrap. <laughs> Broner, that's another guy. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Did you catch my match with Broner? Yeah, you know I did. That was that was weird. I had never seen him before that. I'd never seen him before that match, and I knew who he was that, afterwards. That's another one of those dudes that that's not a gimmick. That's no, there's no joking with that. That's not a fucking play. He's not an actor. That's really him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I knew that, so I'm like, fuck. I guess we're banging. That's another one of those matches that I didn't talk about. We didn't talk about shit. Yeah. It's like we're gonna go out and fucking fight each other. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Cool. <laughs> like that's just how it was. And that's it. And that's the respect we had for each other. I loved it. It, it was killer. And that that pit was probably my favorite pit as well. I was saying this when I was speaking to Darren and he kind of felt the same. Just that, you know, that kind of dusty barn or whatever it was with that kind of single light above the atmosphere in that on camera. It just looked wicked. Every match was an absolute banger. I'm going to be honest, man. When we decided we were going to go in there, uh, because for the, the pit, it was scheduled. Yeah. Like, it rained the next day, and we had to do the chains in there. Uh, but I was not happy. You know, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't want to be in this fucking place. Because I didn't think the fans could really get – I was dead wrong. Yeah. You know, I should have just bought into Danny's vision because that motherfucker had it going on. Because when I walked out there, bro, in that pit, it was unlike any other. Yeah. Like – the bloodshed is, uh, we're not, that. the bloodshed's its own category. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what it is. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that compares to that. Yeah. But, but that pit, standing in there, it was electrical. Yeah. Like, the fans that were there, the feeling you had, it felt like I was watching a movie when I was just standing there. And yeah. Larry Legend comes in and does his Larry Legend thing. I can, Struggles and Ron were right there on the just, guardrail. Just standing on the road. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, that shit was, it was surreal a little bit because I'm like, this is all of ICW, all the big hitters in it, you know, all the, the, the commentators, you know, the, the entering, the, and fucking Danny's ass is standing there right down the damn ramp, so he's watching the whole thing like, okay, everybody's within 15 feet right now. Yeah, like, yeah. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Like, what you guys saw and in, in, in what you're explaining, 
it, it was felt by everybody. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's what came through the screen. It just felt like this underground fight club backwards fucking bullshit, and it was, it was awesome, man. That's because it was fucking backwards bullshit. <laughs> God damn it. We drove out there. I'm like, where the fuck are we? Like, how the hell did we even get here? Yeah. Like, Danny, how did you find this place from the East Coast? Like, where the fuck? I don't know. It's, it's up, like Danny. some dude's compound, right? Like, he runs wrestling shows there or something, Sean was saying. Yeah, I don't know anything about that dude. Um, I didn't have a lot of nice things to say about that dude, but... <laughs> Sorry. That show <laughs> itself, the ambiance itself was like fucking I probably I'll never feel that again, you know, with, yeah. with with that kind of thing. You know, that was out of nowhere. I wouldn't plan for that. Yeah. Like they put some guardrails in a fucking random horse barn, it looked like. Yeah. Where the ground was uneven. Mm-hmm. It was so dusty I couldn't even breathe. Yeah. Like that shit was awesome, though. <laughs> I know, and, and that—that's what I'm talking about. Like the dust and stuff in the light of that barn looked crazy. Like there'd be hits, and you'd just see these like puffs of dust. It looked like a video game or some shit. It was crazy. Yeah, try getting punched in the face by Isaiah Broner. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not. I think, <laughs> to, be honest, to be honest. All right, back to and the then tournament. Larry D. The next night, yeah. Oh, Larry D. Jesus Christ, he was—he was awesome as well. Man, what a what a. What a weekend that was. That was really, really special. Everybody go back and watch everything that happened at the Deathmatch Circus. It was killer. But um, back to the tournament real quick. Uh, the the next bracket there is the tag team of members only uh, versus fear and loathing. And I think that's your boy Schwartzy in there, isn't it? I got to go. You know, I got to go with Schwartzy. Yeah, it's, that, um, that's my pick. Yeah, straight out, <laughs> straight out the gate. And then the, then the last one... Uh, is the Rejects versus the Hallowed. So we're talking about John Wayne Murdoch, well, listen, Reed no Bentley. respect to the Hollow. I'm going to stop you right there. Anything Rejects, I'm picking them. Period. Straight out, straight out. John That's Wayne Chico. Is it Bentley? It is Bentley. Well, it's Bentley on the on the graphic. I think it's Bentley's return this weekend, yeah. Oh, then fucking every time. If, if Bentley's involved with the Rejects, every time. Yeah, he's the man. He's so good. I know that John, John is, the, man, the Duke is the Duke. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now that Reed Bentley is that motherfucker. Like, Reed is the dude. I feel like he's criminally underrated, is is Reed Bentley. Like, by the world. I think he is so talented as a wrestler, as a deathmatch wrestler, as as an everything, you know. He's kind of in John Wayne's shadow a little bit when he probably shouldn't be uh, because he's the one. Some of that is, you know, Reed can't make all the shows that John is. Yeah. Yep. John's an actual machine. Yeah. Like, John is a John Wayne Murdoch's a goddamn brand, for yeah. God's sakes. Like, it doesn't stop. Yeah. But Reed, I'm, dude, I, anybody who hasn't seen Reed Bentley, go fucking watch him. Go watch whatever. Go watch him take a shit. It's going to be entertaining. Like, <laughs> but that's the reason the rejects are just the rejects. Yeah. They've been shit on for so long that they're like, okay, we're going to shit on you now. And they took the fuck over. So that's why. I know you said the hollow, but and no disrespect to the hollow, but anything the rejects are involved in, I'm picking them. Yeah. Period. Straight out. <laughs> like, that's just how Straight out. So, so that's your pick for the entire tournament. Now you know the rejects are in it. The rejects are winning everything. It's done. Well, it's a wrap. I knew the rejects were in it. I just didn't know who they were in round one. And, and I, and I want to say, man, I, my heart says Midwest scum. Yeah. Pick winning it all. Yeah. But you'd be an idiot to ever 
you know, bet against the rejects for fuck's sake. I mean, fuck. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I still got to back in my own guys, man, because anytime you're fucking with Mo Atlas and the king of the no yeah. ring death match in, in Cass, I reckon those two, the, I feel like the only thing against them is they're not, not a regular team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like John Wayne. And, and that's the yeah, only reason exactly. that I felt that way too. Yeah. Individually, they're both. Hey, I'm telling you, it's going to be a uh, fucking slobber knocker. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who the fuck, how long they worked together or didn't work together. You put Casanova Valentine in the goddamn ring with Hoodfoot and then tell them they're working together, it's fucking going down. Yeah. Period. That's how that works. <laughs> exactly. So, I'm like, they've got no experience as a team, but these two are badasses. So let's see how this goes because I could just mow through everybody. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel quite confident in my team, and I'm going to back them all the way to the end, man. You have to. Yeah. yeah. You're emotionally and literally invested. Yeah. Exactly. In every in every possible <laughs> way. But dude, uh, either way, I'm so pumped for Boiling Point. The show's going to be fucking killer, stacked from the top to the bottom. That's just how ruthless does it, right? Oh shit! Yes. Absolutely, man. It's the most stacked tag team tournament I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, it's like, crazy. I've never seen it's that stacked. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I've been trying to catch some World Tag League at the moment, and it doesn't have the teams of the quality uh, that Ruthless are dealing with right here in Boiling Point. First of all, Chris, I know you're listening. <laughs> Motherfucker, how do you put together a tag team tournament? Where the fuck is your budget? I need to get paid more. <laughs> okay? Like, I'm not getting paid enough. I this is bullshit. That's, that's an insane tournament, Dap. There's a reason you don't have tag team tournaments. Like the 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 cost alone, yeah, is insurmountable almost. And those names, some of the hottest on the indie scene right now, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, this seems like some bullshit. I think you've got a, I think you've got a viable uh, gripe with him over this. Actually, no. My next as soon as it's over, I'm messaging Chris. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Next title defense after Akira, Chris Kolenberg. In the ring, <laughs> sort of. yeah. Ironically <laughs> enough, he was my first. He was the ref in my first match. Really? Yeah, he was the special guest ref against uh, Dread King. Oh wow, that's wild. Yep. Yeah, I did. I didn't know Chris had done any refing. Yeah, he was the. Uh, he had a little thing going with Dread King. Dread King was talking shit, and he brought me in to fuck him up, and that's what happened. <laughs> Big surprise, <laughs> big surprise. All right, well, I think there's one more match we've got to talk about as we start to wrap this up, and that's um, your other match for the weekend uh, against Brett Ison, one of his last matches as he's uh, getting ready to take some time off, maybe indefinitely, maybe not. Um, what are your thoughts on that, man? Because you said uh, growing up for you it was kill or be killed, and that's obviously how his life has been as yeah, well. And, and how Mr. He calls fucking, it. Yeah, he's Mr. Cobb K. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So we were supposed to go before. Yeah. Um, he got sick or something. He got hurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was supposed to fight Garini mm-hmm. and then I got fucking COVID. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, that, that is what it is. But Brett, and then I was supposed to wrestle Brett and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but sorry, Danny. Uh, I was supposed to wrestle Brett originally in Indianapolis, and then COVID took everything out. Yeah. Like, that was going to be no bullshit. Uh, and I have to choose my word wisely because Brett will definitely make me eat that shit. Um, it's one of those matches where it's not a test for me. 
Uh, it's not something I'm afraid of, but I'm very cognizant that I'm not going to come out of it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, and anybody who is on the fence on whether they should watch it or tune in, if you like wrestling and if you like that feeling of, oh, oh shit, this is some real shit right now. And it's not just about the story. It's about two motherfuckers that have a lot to prove. They will ne- spend the rest of their life feeling that way. Yeah. Um, that's a match to, to, to uh, tune into because Brett knows just as well as I do that no matter who wins that match, our lives are going to be different after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And all I can hope <laughs> is that I don't break another orbital or, you know, ha- suffer an injury that uh, may, that stops me from wrestling ever again. Like, when you have to go into something like that with Brett, and Dale's the same fucking way. Yeah. Like, I wrestled Dale, the fr- and then the next day wrestled Brett. Like, who the fuck has that lineup coming <laughs> Jesus Christ, bro. And, and that's Danny having a lot of faith in me. Yeah. But that's also Danny saying, prove yourself, bitch. Like, assuming I get to Brett, assuming I can even go day two, I know I'm done after that. There would be no day three. If somebody were to say, hey, man, while you're down in Chattanooga, we would love to have you for Sunday. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to be okay. Yeah. I'm not going to be okay for that match because I know that it's going to fuck down. And Brett's not to be taken lightly. Like, Brett, if you don't know who Brett Eisen is, watch any match. Watch any match he's ever fucking done. Any match available on IWTV, and you're going to come away from that knowing, okay, Brett is everything that he says he is. Um, he's he's literally willing to die in that fucking ring. And uh, you're going to know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. So when you take a guy like me and put him across the ring from Brett, then fuck, man. Uh, I can't sit here and tell you what's going to happen. I don't have a fucking plan. My plan is to survive. My plan is to fucking fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's the deal. Like, that's that's the game plan. <laughs> it's... When you have a game plan where you're going into anything in your life, and I'm not playing right now, any game plan you have where you're thinking, okay, first thing I need to do is live. <laughs> Yeah. Step one, breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you continue to do that throughout this fight. Yeah. That's some real shit, man. Mm-hmm. And and that's Brett. That's Brett Eisen. When he says kill or be killed, that's that's his life. That's what some he's lived his whole fucking life. You know? I I mean, my downfall with that matchup is this. I went through some crazy shit coming up. You know, some things that change people. And I and, and my brothers went through the same thing, and he wound up in prison. I wound up the other way. I used it to push me rather than something to stand in front of me. Mm-hmm. Since then, in my adult life, I've thrived. I've worked my ass off. I've earned everything I've ever gotten, and I live okay. I'm not rich. But this is Brett's life. It's always been that. It's always been hardship. Brett, Brett Eisen's never had a point in his life where he's like, you know what, things are pretty fucking easy for me right now. Yeah. And you can see that in his fucking face. He doesn't have to be in the ring. He could be signing autographs. You know that motherfucker's not only been through some shit, but he's lived through it right goddamn now. And if you're going to take a match with Brett Eisen and you don't know that about him, well, good fucking luck. 
is your life, literally your life's going to change. <laughs> and that's the kind of shit I love. Yeah. That's the match I want. Mm-hmm. I want motherfuckers like that. Anybody who stands in front of the camera and says, I want your baddest motherfuckers, no, the fuck you don't. Mm-hmm. Not if you want to do this for a long time, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Not if you want to make a career in this shit, you don't. Yeah. But I look at it like this, man. I fought a whole MMA career. I played college football. I, I've, I've done all the things I need to do. I'm living this wrestling life like this is my last shot. This is my, uh, literally, there's nothing else after this for me. This is the last bit of physical ability that I'm going to have. And when you fucking accept a match with Brett Eisen, that cuts that shit down drastically. And I know that. And you're, you're going to see when I walk into that fucking ring in the chains, I'm going to be fully aware of that. And he's going to be fully aware of that. And that's the match you're going to get. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens, bro. Like, that's not something we're going to fucking have a conversation about. We'll let our hands do the talking. And that's just how it works with Brett Eisen. And I don't mean to get dramatic about it. Yeah. But that's yeah. something that, you know, I'm about to be done with this interview soon or this podcast. I'm going to have a couple more beers. I'm going to pack my shit. And I'm going to be on my way to Chattanooga in a few hours. And I just know. I hope that I can come back on time. I hope that I'm not stuck at a hospital. You know, I hope that I can get back to my girlfriend because we're supposed to be with her family for Thanksgiving dinner and shit. Like, I make no plans after that. I hope I can be there. Yeah. But I can't promise. Like, that's just, I mean, it doesn't get more any more real than that. And that's what ICW is about, man. Yeah. That's just how it is. And that's why Brett is taking a few more matches and taking a break because he's got some shit to deal with. He's got to fucking live too. <laughs> yeah. Like people, that's not a joke for him. This is his life. So. We'll and I'm see. sure he's having the exact same thoughts you're having right now going, okay, so this is it. Last few. I'm going to leave it all in the ring and I'm going through Be some better. of the. <laughs> exactly. And I'm going to go through some of the baddest motherfuckers in the world <laughs> to do it. And if I could put two guys together on paper, like evenly matched like it's you two like I, I can't wait to see it man i think it's gonna be like an absolute bind burner i hope you survive it i'm gonna be rooting for you <laughs> uh, but either way it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be entertaining as fuck <laughs> I know that. well you know what man coming into the the business mm-hmm. he was one of those guys where i'm like i'm not ready for him i wasn't mm-hmm. i didn't have enough experience yet you can have the mindset all you want yeah and you can have the will in your heart to want to do it. You need that shit if you want to survive. But if you're not ready for it, you're going to eat alive. And I knew that shit. I'm just now ready for it. Yeah. When it was first scheduled, but Danny wanted me to do it in Indianapolis, I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. But I fucking am now. Yeah. And I know who the fuck he is. <laughs> He's been ready, motherfucker. He's been sitting at the mountaintop waiting. Yeah. <laughs> That's him. Yeah. He's, he's the fucking super shredder, bro. Mm-hmm. That's just how he is. Yeah. Exactly. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for your time. I want to give a shout out to Brett Eisen. I want to thank him for all the matches that he's given over the years. It's absolutely killer. I hope this time away from the ring gives him time to to rebuild and come back even stronger than before. I don't. I don't think he's finished by a long run. Or at least I hope not, because I, I feel like oh, he's, he's fucking. He'll never be. Yeah. Exactly. He's Didn't. a Terminator, bro. What the fuck? He's a Terminator. <laughs> Exactly. I hope so. <laughs> He's going to want to be to go through Justin Kyle. So, look, man, once again, 
Thank you so much for your time. It's been really great That's getting true. to know you. It's been fucking awesome. Tell people where to find you on social media, my dude. Yeah, everything is Kill Justin Kyle. That's, that's every that's fucking it. platform. Man. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. just the men. That I'm telling you, that's the mentality. Like, kill me, motherfucker. You're gonna have to. Yeah, that's how it was my whole life. That's not. That's not just coming in wrestling. <laughs> that's it. It's as simple as that. That's all the people need to know. It says everything yeah. they need to know about Justin Kyle. Man, that's fucking awesome. So everybody, for Justin Kyle for ICW No Holds Barred, for Ruthless Pro Wrestling, and for Faces and Feels. Remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast, Twitter at Faces Feels Cast, and Facebook at Faces Feels Cast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. Vinyls and Violets, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. My body. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch Wrestling promotion, manager, or platform and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view.